0: This is a Chronicle Podcast, bringing you ideas in the service of medicine.
1: From the Chronicle Podcast System, this is the NPC Podcast of the National Pharmaceutical Congress for October 4, 2022. The NPC Podcast is where we discuss and consider the purpose, process and people of the pharma industry, and today... We'll continue the healthcare conversation. This program is presented in cooperation with Imprez, Canada's next-generation commercial partner. The industry is rapidly evolving, and Imprez is designed to help you evolve with it. Learn more about Imprez-tailored best-in-class solutions at www.mprez.com. Our guest today is Perry McLean, Head of Operational Excellence for GSK in Mississauga, Ontario. Perry will join your hosts, Jim, Mark, and Mitch. To start today's conversation, here's Mitch Shannon, CEO of Chronicle Companies.
2: Welcome to the NPC Podcast from the National Pharmaceutical Congress. I'm your co-host, Mitch Shannon, back again in our historic podcast, Gondola, where during our recent absence, it looks as if someone's left behind some historic candy bar wrappers. These are the kinds of things you seldom see anymore. So I'll begin by asking Mark McIlwain, the pharma industry consultant and health policy expert. Mark McIlwain, was that your Lowney's cherry blossom? And if so, wherever did you find it?
3: That must be pretty historic. No, the last time I was at a leaf game, on the floor was one of those plastic sushi containers. <laughs> jeez. And, you know, kind of think of it, the Leafs haven't really won much since they started selling sushi. Maybe there's something we should look into there.
2: I think what you're saying is the stench from the sushi has rubbed off on the hockey team and few would disagree with you there. Another prominent resident of the gondola is James Shea, general manager and Council for Continuing Pharmaceutical Education in Montreal. However, Jim is unable to join us today because he's got a family thing going on, but he's left behind a telltale sign, the wrapper from a Smiles and Chuckles Big Turk bar. Seriously, Jim is assisting with a family matter. We'll pass along our best wishes to his mom and the promise of a Caravan Bar, which we understand is her favorite. All the same, we are your podcast hosts, known simply as Mark and Mitch, sans Jim, because all the creative brand names have already been taken, such as Cadbury's Crunchy and Roundtree's Rollo. Mark, let's welcome the head of operational excellence from GSK, Perry
0: McLean. Perry, come on in. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. I kind of like the Big Turk. That's one of my favorites. <laughs>
2: You don't see it often enough, really. So, Perry, been a busy week so far. This is the week GSK Global spun out its consumer products division. Now it goes by the name of Halion. Speaking of cool names, that's the new home for Advil and Sensodyne. But since we were talking about confectionery at the start of the podcast, I'm reminded it was not that long ago, only eight years that GSK sold its soft drink brands in the UK, Lucasade and Ribena. It sounds as if GSK is been undergoing its transformation for quite a while now.
0: Yeah, we've had a really big week, Mitch, with the split that we announced about three and a half years ago. It's amazing that it's come to life. So yeah, Monday, GSK completed the demerger of our consumer healthcare business. Some fantastic brands that we'd all be familiar with, Advil and Sensodyne. And it's exciting to see those plans come together because it's been two great companies that now have come out of the original GSK and Halion and GSK itself. Halion's going to be a new leader in consumer healthcare with a portfolio, like I said, including Advil and Sensodyne, and they're going to do amazing things as they continue to grow that business and become leaders across the consumer healthcare sector. Moving forward for GSK, we're going to focus purely on biopharmaceuticals, prioritizing our investments and our development in innovative vaccines, specialty medicines. Focus our R&D approach, which will continue to focus on the science of the immune system and the use of human genetics and advanced technologies. And I'm really excited about where the future of GSK is gonna go in our new structure. Well, we've got plenty to ask you about there. I mean, it's fascinating
2: from an observer's standpoint, for those of us who remember the uh, companies that all came together to form GSK, SmithKline and French and Burroughs Welcome and many others. But you are the head of operational excellence at today's GSK. Could you start by telling our listeners a little bit more about the evolution of the company and the current vision for it?
0: Yeah, like I said, we're super excited to break away from consumer and all the opportunity that's going to come with that. GSK aims to impact the health of about 2.5 billion people over the next 10 years. That's our goal. To achieve the company's bold ambition for patients, GSK is committed to be a company where outstanding people can thrive we're really focused on enabling our talent to be ambitious for patients, really ambitious for patients at the core of what we do and do things better and faster than we have before and be accountable for that. So we're really excited about what's ahead in our pipeline, and our current portfolio, and we want to have clear ownership of that to succeed and do the right thing with integrity, care, because the people count on us to do that.
3: So, GSK, recently you guys opened your new head office in Mississauga with a hybrid working model, talking about focusing on sustainability and environmental impact. Could you tell us a little bit more about how your company's vision works with the new building?
0: It's just been awesome, Mark, moving from our old building in in Mississauga, which had our manufacturing plant, to a new commercial building that really it's going to enable us to embrace the hybrid environment that we want coming out of COVID. It's really about individual and collective performance, and it's about promoting personal well-being. And that's what we've tried to do with our office. We learned a lot during the pandemic about new ways that we need to work to be successful, to attract the successful talent that we want to have. But we've learned from our employees through that time what they want from an office. We know that the office and face-to-face interactions play a critical role in accelerating our business performance, whether it be an innovation through collaboration, learning from each other, sharing celebration and people development. So we're super excited with the office model that we've built that really takes in what we call performance with choice. We all learn to work from home. We learn new technologies, but we also miss things. And so what we've decided here at GSK is that the performance with choice is going to be the way we move forward. And it's up to the individual, to the team, to work where they think they can do their best work and be really front and center on their own well-being. So we're super excited.
3: Well, that's good. So in practical terms, so what do you think the impact will be of those hybrid virtual work styles on the culture of your office and maybe on the way staff develop?
0: I think it's going to be huge. I mean, the initial response, we opened our new office in May has been outstanding people enjoy the opportunity to have the flexibility in their day of where they can do their best work it really all started with the employees we went to the employees and, and asked them said hey what do you want out of a new office and we didn't do this just once we actually built working groups and we worked on it over a year with our employees and what's that resulted in is to a beautiful space that has 360 degree views of the mississauga area right down to the lake or downtown Toronto. Lots of green space to look at outside. We're not looking at highways or concrete areas. Our employees came up with something that was very important to us. In every meeting room, we put an orange chair. Our listeners here may or may not be aware orange is the color of GSK. And that chair represents the patient. And it's present in every meeting that we do. And so whether we have somebody sit in that chair and represent the patient, or it reminds us at the end of an important meeting, Did we do good for patients today? And that's the question we ask ourselves. We took that on to advice around having a multi-faith room to ensure that we're having diversity at the forefront and flexibility for our people and what they need to do. Wellness rooms in order for people to take a break in what might be a busy day. And just flexible workspaces where you can go and have informal or formal meetings in a meeting room outside of a meeting room. Stand-up desks, highest level of technology. And most importantly, Mark, We can have meetings, whether you're all here in the office, half of you are here in the office, or just one person's at home. We have the technology to ensure that it's a seamless experience. So I think our people are motivated when they come into the office. The socialization just creates creativity. It creates innovation. And when they need to do focus work, they are totally comfortable doing that at home or in certain areas of the office that are focused on quiet areas. So I think it's going to be fantastic. And I think it's going to, result in great performance for GSK but more importantly ensuring that we get our drugs to the right patients that deserve them.
3: Okay, that's good. So let's change gears and talk a little bit about the pandemic. And with the benefit of hindsight, how would you say that GSK fared during the pandemic? Uh pretty good.
0: If I go by business performance, our business performance has been strong through the pandemic, which is great. We have a very strong portfolio that allows us to take on difficulty at times. And we're fortunate that our products uh, are in leading areas in different therapeutic areas that we compete in. But I think it was about the people, Mark. I think it was about the approach we took to our people and ensuring that as they transition to a work from home environment, that we were innovating in the ways that we engaged with them. And ensuring that they felt engaged with GSK. They felt engaged with their leaders. They felt they're engaged with their peers. So I think we did a pretty good job. We were a slow start, I think. Because I think, like all of us, we never knew where this pandemic was going early on. But I think as we learned and made some quick decisions to ensure that we're taking care of our people through it, whether it be health and well being, whether it's leadership style to ensure people knew what they were accountable for, or just supporting them working through the various challenges that faced us in our communication to healthcare professionals in our day to day work. So overall, pretty good. And then we learned a ton. We embraced technology. We identified capabilities our people needed and and provided the resources for them to tap into and ensure that they were learning what they needed to learn to adapt in the environment of COVID 19.
3: Okay, and maybe you hinted at this, but in your opinion, what changes did the pandemic require that were for the better and are likely to endure?
0: Got to start with technology. I mean, I think whether it's internally with our employees or with our customers, the healthcare professionals, it accelerated the adoption of technology. We tried in, in many ways to accelerate technology prior to the pandemic with some success. But when you're forced to do something, market really allows you to accelerate. And I think supporting our employees to embrace technology so they could embrace it with customers and help customers embrace it was one of the lasting factors that's going to happen and hence gives us our new office today in the way it's built. I think just different avenues to communicate with healthcare professionals Whether it be through technology or through different omni channel approaches, is here to stay. As much as the face to face rep interaction is critically important to get the information out about therapeutics, physicians want to hear about products, hear about disease education in different ways now, and actually make it efficient for them as they deal with the challenges that they have on the front lines. So, whether that's getting education much more normally through digital, through webinars, attending conferences that you used to have to travel for a week for, and now you can do it online. I think these are all avenues that not only help us as a pharmaceutical company to get our information out, but it helps drive efficiency for our customers in the way that they're trying to deal with their patients and their way of life as a healthcare professional. So lots of learnings that we've taken both internally and externally with customers and patients. For sure. We're chatting
2: with Perry McLean, Head of Operational Excellence at GSK on the NPC podcast. So Perry, you said it's up to the team to decide where they want to work. That's fascinating on a few different levels. In your view, what does emotional intelligence, EQ, does it play a
0: lesser or greater role in the emerging digital environment? I think it's really big, Mitch, just because we're not as much face-to-face. Trying to understand your own emotions, your self-motivation, the emotion and feelings of others and the social aspect of our day-to-day comes critically important as we use different channels of communication, whether internally or externally. I think it takes leadership to be aware of how to lead in an environment of digital where digital interactions are much more prominent. I mean, on a personal level, day-to-day, we're interacting with Instagram and LinkedIn and all these different ones, which we're doing. But when you get into the pressures of work, you get into the pressures of professional development. I think being able to understand emotional intelligence and being highly aware of how you're going to deal with that in a digital interaction is critically important to be successful moving forward for the engagement of your people, for the mental health of yourself, and to understand our customers and gain the insights that we need to make the decisions that we need to make, critically important. I think if Jim were on this podcast
2: at this point, he'd be saying, that's an excellent answer. And it was. (laughs) So you started your current gig April of 2020, which was a memorable month for the planet. Can you tell us a little bit about starting this new leadership position during the uncertainty of the first lockdown?
0: Wow. It was, um, what an experience. I think what an experience for all of us, but, you know, leading a new team, it was really about connecting and building trust virtually right? I'm an extrovert by nature. So you like to be out roaming in the halls and different meeting rooms and talking to people and building their confidence in you as a leader, building the confidence in what they're required to do to deliver to the performance of the company. Now, all of a sudden, you're doing that through a screen where people don't even necessarily know you. So I think that was one of the biggest challenges was connecting with people and finding different ways to do that virtually, putting some fun in it, finding ways for people to get to know you, all that to build trust right? To build trust of the team. And I'm fortunate that I think looking back, it might've been a little slow out of the gates, but I think we learned from each other. And at the end of the day, my team, my operational excellence team, and, and maybe the greater GSK team, as I mentioned earlier, we made huge progress. And I think it started with leading and supporting each other. And it comes down to leadership. And like I said, connecting and building trust.
3: Perry, It's Mark again. So you've got a degree in commerce, I see, and a second degree in science. So how has that educational background impacted your career journey?
0: Great question. So I, back in the day, won't say how many years ago, but quite a long time ago, I went into sciences thinking I was going to be a physiotherapist. And that changed probably after my first year of university, wasn't quite where I needed to be on the academic side. But doing well and enjoying the sciences as as I grew up and always enjoyed science and math and all that stuff. As I decided what I wanted to do, as you said, I I did my commerce degree after that, and I wanted to marry business and science together. And I got talking to a fellow in Windsor, Ontario, who was a sales rep for Bayer at the time. And he said, you know what? You should look at pharmaceutical sales rep role. And I went, oh, tell me a little bit more about pharmaceutical sales rep role. And so I, uh, I listened to him and, and he inspired me to do my due diligence. And that's where I started my path to get into the pharmaceutical industry. And I started as a sales rep with Servier Canada and then moved to one of our legendary uh, companies, Smith Klein, Beecham, which became GSK. And uh, 22 years later, I'm, I'm still kicking.
3: The rest is history. Yeah. So as we wind down the podcast, we invite you to play our word association game. So just go ahead and say the first thing that comes to mind in response to each of the following phrases or words. Okay, are you ready?
0: I'm ready, I think.
3: Okay, social impact.
0: Accountability to the community.
3: Environmental impact.
0: Longevity. I think we have great accountability to the environment for the longevity for us and and the people that follow us and have a lasting impact.
3: Innovation.
0: Evolving to meet the needs of our environment, creating new things.
3: Pharma marketing.
0: Bringing innovation to life for the betterment of patients.
3: Physical footprint.
0: Shrinking. I think footprints, if you look at it from a business point of view, uh, it's shrinking. And it's a bit of the past.
3: Office culture.
0: The heart of what we do. The culture within an office, and I'll expand that to working at home, is the heartbeat of what we do. So important to be successful.
3: And the last one, remote working.
0: Flexibility, fun, challenging, here to stay.
3: As we record this remotely.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: Mark, you just went and spoiled the mystique of the whole thing. We're, we're in the gondola, remember that. The mystique, the mystique is everything. So finally, Harry, it's time for you to put on your soothsayer's hat and enter our prognostication corner. What bold predictions we make about the life sciences industry during the coming 12 to 24 months? Wow,
0: coming out of a pandemic. I think we're going to see a lot of change. I think healthcare is going to be redefined, probably not fully in the next 12 to 24 months. It's going to be a process, but COVID-19 exposed the cracks in our healthcare system quite a bit. Um, and the challenges that the healthcare system has. Life sciences and Companies like mine, GSK, can be part of the solution. And I think stakeholders across healthcare have to come together to figure out how we make a stronger, more durable healthcare system. I think we're going to see the challenges with chronic disease come to the forefront that has been probably on the back burner during COVID, where people have been living with their diseases and the symptoms they have. How do we catch up on that? How do we help people live healthier lives in the chronic disease area? I think the way that the life sciences interacts with customers, as I mentioned before, is going to continue to change. There's tremendous pressure on healthcare professionals out in our healthcare system. And they're looking for new ways to adopt the way they treat patients. And patients, regardless of what's going on, are going to hold all of us accountable to help them feel better and do more. So I think it's going to be a fascinating next 12 to 24 months. And I hope change continues because it's already changing, accelerates. We won't be done, but that the impact will be lasting and to one of your words before sustainable. Mm. That's a very
2: thoughtful answer. And the conversation is going to continue. So please mark your calendar for November 2nd, Perry, when the life sciences industry will convene at the 16th Annual National Pharmaceutical Congress. Look forward to comparing notes in person at the Mississauga Convention Center. So thank you for joining us and filling us in on the ongoing evolution at GSK. And pleasure speaking with you, Perry. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Mark. It was a pleasure. Thanks to our listeners for spending some time with us. We will speak to you all again next week.
1: Any questions for Perry or comments for us about today's discussion? We'd love to see them. Just send an email to health at and attach your question as a voice clip and you might just hear yourself in an upcoming episode. Register now for the 2022 National Pharmaceutical Congress, which returns to the Mississauga Convention Center on November 2nd as a live event. We can't wait to get together with you again. See the agenda at www.pharmacongress.info and use the code PODCAST to save $300 on your registration fee. If you enjoyed today's NPC podcast, please like it, rate it, recommend it, and do share it with your colleagues. Find us at Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The NPC podcast is presented in cooperation with Impress, Canada's next-generation commercial partner. Check them out at www.mprez.com. This is your announcer, Leona Void, speaking. This podcast was produced by Jeremy Visser. Research for this program came from John Evans. The musical theme is performed with vivacity by the NPC Podcast Orchestra, under the direction of Maestro Medhat Melbrook. We'll speak again next week.